Welcome to church, those in person, those online, if you're joining us as well. It's so good that you're here. Welcome to Living Hope Belfast. What we're going to do to begin our service is we're going to sing a few songs together. We're going to worship God. So can I invite you all to stand to your feet and we're going to worship together. Praise God. It's been so long. 
wrong. Like they they know all this, and we just I just can't I can't convince them of it. You know you you know that you've you've shared your story. You know that maybe they've even been to church, and it, it just feels so far away. Listen, God's love is supernatural. You leave it at the feet of Jesus. Trust in the plan that God has for their lives and believe for breakthrough. We worship the God of the supernatural who turns people's lives around, who flips them upside down, who changes people, not not in a way that's recognizable. He changes people and makes them different from the inside out. God has to do a work in people's hearts. You leave them at the feet of Jesus. Continue to pray for them. Believe that God's supernatural love will minister to them. I know family's the hardest. I know those closest to you are often the most difficult. But leave them with God. Believe that God will break through in their lives just as he did yours. God is not finished yet. His promise remains. And he is faithful, church. Amen. Thank you, God.
nothing you can't do You're faithful and true Though the storms may come And the winds may blow I'll remain steadfast And let my heart learn When you speak a word It will come to pass Great is your
represents God we thank you for each head each head bowed in this place God I thank you for each circumstance that you are working in and God I just pray that today would be a significant day that God that you would you would raise up that you would restore that you would breathe life 
It's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, church. You can take your seats. Praise God. What a lovely chorus. It's your breath in our lungs. We pour out our breath. Thank God this morning we have got breath in our lungs because we're alive. Amen. Thank God we have breath and we can praise the Lord. You know, we've been celebrating um, over the past few days our Queen's uh, Diamond, our uh, Platinum Jubilee. Yeah. I'm a wee bit behind at times sometimes. But, you know, um, I was looking at one of the Queen's Christmas messages she gave. And in the year 2011, here's what she said in one of her messages. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important as though they were, but a savior with the power to forgive. Forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It can heal broken families, it can restore friendships. It can reconcile divided communities. It is in forgiveness that we feel the power of God's love. And here's what she said. In the last verse of the beautiful Carl, O little town of Bethlehem, there's a prayer. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend on us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. What a lovely message our Queen gave in the year 2011. I was reading about Queen Victoria. And Queen Victoria had a desire in her heart. And the greatest desire she had in her heart was that the Lord Jesus would come back during her lifetime. Do you know why that was? Because she would desire to lay her crown at the feet of Jesus. What a beautiful desire that, 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 that lovely Queen Victoria had. I've been greatly blessed recently by a guy called, he's a guy, and his name is Guy, Guy Penrod, who's an American gospel singer. And he has a song called, He Reigns. And here's the words of that song. Listen to this song. And maybe even if you're online today and you're going through at home some situation or a difficult time, listen to the words of this. In the valley of the shadow of death, you reign. Through every storm and fiery test, you reign. Over the cross and powers of hell, you reign. You reign, you reign. Over the rivers and oceans deep, you reign. You never slumber and you never sleep, you reign. Kings and queens may wear a crown, but you reign. And in, and in the end, when it all comes down, you reign. The Lord Jesus reigns this morning. We have a wonderful queen on the throne today. But we have a king, the King of kings and Lord of lords is reigning in heaven. And he's reigning over every part of our lives today. Praise God. We saw the multitudes down in uh, the mall up in front of Buckingham Palace. Thousands and thousands of people from all over the world. And here is what, here's a verse in, in Revelation 7, and 20, 7 verse 9 says, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing before the throne 
and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a Lord loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's worthy to be praised. We'll worship him this morning. And thank God we have forgiveness today. And we read in Revelation 4 about the 24 elders. The 24 elders come and they cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus. Worship and praise God. Our queen reigns on the throne of England and the United Kingdom. But our God reigns in the throne of universal heaven. Praise God, he's here. And you know, today we come around the table and we think of what he has done on the cross. You know, um, the Lord Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He rose again from the dead. And because he lives, we live today. And we will see him face, someday face to face. Queen Victoria wished that he would come in her lifetime. That didn't happen. Maybe he'll come in our lifetime. We don't know, but he's coming soon. But we're here this morning, and we're here to thank him for what he's done. And you'll find on your chair the little cup. And we took it, we peel away the first layer and we find the bread. The bread that represents the precious broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ. We peel away the, the second layer and we see the, the juice that represents the precious shed blood of Christ. Praise God. And it's for our sins. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For I have received from the Lord that will I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For, as, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Our Father, this morning, we thank you for the privilege of gathering around, gathering around your throne. We thank you for the time of worship and praise that has ascended, Lord, to your throne. And we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory today. And we thank you, Lord, we can come at this table. And we thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken, the body that was marred more than any man, the one who became the supreme sacrifice for our sins. We thank you for your body that was broken. We thank you for the cross, that the, the, he was nailed to the cross, and we praise you for that today, Lord. Bless this bread that represents your body to us, and we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, we invite you today, if you know the Lord, to partake of the bread this morning. God. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. And Lord, today we thank you for the precious shed blood of Christ. Without the blood of Christ, we would be lost. But we thank you today that your blood is still flowing, it's still cleansing, it's still healing today. And we thank you so much, Lord, for this cup that represents that precious blood. Lord, we ask, we, we ask you to accept our thanks, accept our praise, accept our worship for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Praise God. Lord, we just thank you for this time we spent around the table. We pray you would bless the remainder of our service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to sing one more song before Pastor Matt comes to bring the word.
church you can take your seats as pastor matt comes to bring the word father we come before you at the end of our worship father and we thank you as we come around your table as we've lifted our worship to you to say thank you for all you are and for all you've done thank you father god this is a place of hope father for Father, you have renewed that hope, for you have redeemed us, each and every one of us. And we thank you for that this morning. Pray as we come around your word, you would bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Thank you for being here today. Just a couple of announcements before we get into uh, the word. Uh, on Tuesday night is the Maids of Honour uh, event uh, celebrating the Platinum Jubilee of the Queen. There are 146 ladies coming, so the place is going to be packed, uh, which is brilliant for, you know, the, the time of year it is and stuff. So looking forward to this, but we need some help from the men. 
so we're putting together a team of men to help. The good thing is everything is paper plates and paper cups, which we men love. So, uh, so listen, if you can help, would you please see Pastor Reese? He's looking after this on Tuesday night. If you've given me your name, I've already given him that name. So if you're here on Tuesday, if you're free on Tuesday night, would you come and help us? It's great to put these events on, but they do take a bit of work, and we appreciate all the people that volunteer for these events. The Academy starts on Thursday night in the church here at 7 o'clock with uh, Jackie. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet, would you please sign up? Because they obviously need to print all the booklets out for uh, the, the academy and stuff so if you haven't signed up please sign up in um, the, the, the foyer there uh, a special event is happening on Wednesday the 29th of June uh, where we are having an a evening of appreciation the leadership of the church which is really the, the elders, their wives and the staff we would like to cook the church a dinner to say thank you and that's, you go, that's good, we got one, that's good. That's good, we're getting there. One person is happy about that. That's brilliant. Now you'll even be happier at this point because we're not charging you anything. And as much as this goes against everything I stand for, we're not even lifting an offering. We just want to say thank you. I want to say, because we all know over these last couple of years how difficult life has been, the challenges that have been there. We're so delighted, uh, really, just as the leadership of the church, as so many people have really just been faithful in their serving, in their giving, in their turning up, in, in everything. And we just thought it would be nice just to say thank you to those who, who simply just everybody. We, we didn't want to leave anybody out. So there will be invitations going out and you can have a choice, even get a choice of what you would like to eat as well. Yeah, no, that's it, that's it, lovely. Anyway, there is no cost spared for this evening because we want to say thank you and at the end of the night, get your signatures for the next three years for everything you're involved in. <laughs> so uh, we'll be sending out the invitations, but please keep that free. Some of you will sit there and say, oh, I don't really, I'm not really involved in it. Listen, we want everybody just to come. We're going to set the church up because we're going to be telling you about some of the wonderful things that go on in church. We've got some special awards that we would like to give some of the volunteers that are just really just go above and beyond um, uh, and really there's so many of those people it's really hard to pick but we just want to do something just every year that just simply says thank you to the church so you don't have to come and think what's this costing me or you know anything like that we just want to bless you and you know so that's going to happen uh, there last Sunday I made an announcement that we would be uh, presenting to you uh, a name for a new elder in the church here in, in Living Hope and so I'm just going to read this out and uh, on behalf of the oversight of the church I'm reading this uh, we would like to propose Michael Totten as a new elder for the church uh, if anyone has a spiritual reason as to why Michael should not become an elder uh, you're invited to write to me or speak to me in the next 14 days with your reason uh, the church vision we presented for this period 2019 uh, to 2022 said that we would be bringing two new elders onto the oversight in this time uh, so if you have any questions then please feel free to either speak to me or any of the 
other elders. What will happen here is this, is we will leave this open for two weeks now, and so you can either write to me. You have to have a reason, right? Him supporting Manchester City is not a reason to not become an elder, okay? That's a reason not to like him, but it's not a reason for him not to become an elder. But there has to be a reason, and so we're presenting to you on behalf of the five existing elders who, who we believe God has put on our hearts uh, to be the next elder here in uh, Living Hope and stuff. So uh, we leave that with you. And if you have any questions, uh, then please come and speak to me or any of the other elders. We are continuing on uh, today with our What Are We Wearing series. And uh, we're going to look today at the passage in Luke 24. And Jesus gathers the disciples before he ascends to heaven. Uh, and he tells them to wait uh, where they are. Uh, because it, there is one coming who's going to clothe them with power. As I was studying for this, because uh, there is a necessity for us still today, because today is actually the Pentecostal Sunday, it's uh, Pentecost Sunday uh, today, so it just ties in really well uh, with that, but we are Pentecostals anyway, and every Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, I suppose, but uh, this one will let everybody else join in, okay? So... Frank Tillepar, in his book, The Church Unleashed, he referred to the problem that the church has in this age. We have a fortress mentality. Uh, we're more concerned about nurturing ourselves, looking after what we've got, than reaching a lost world with the gospel. Uh, we're more concerned sometimes with our image, in a sense, as a church. And this is the general church, not, not just our church, but just a general church. And we are with the salvation of the lost. Uh, we seem to be more caught up in safety and security rather than in faith and obedience. We persist in constructing programs which almost protect us from the world outside that we just do the stuff that we can do for us as believers rather than penetrating and sharing with the world the good news of the gospel. We have often become preoccupied with ourselves as I read this or was as challenged as you probably are listening to it. It's so one of the things I realised, there was no programme, no sermon, no new idea, no sound, no lighting system, no video, nothing that we consider to be cool, relevant or delicious donuts that can replace the power of the Holy Spirit, clothing a believer to witness to the world. Uh, Pentecost Sunday, which falls today, which is 50 days after Easter, it commemorates the gift of the Holy Spirit being given. Uh, and what we need to make sure as we come to look at this particular subject today is to be challenged by this once again, uh, to take the words of Jesus when he tells the disciples to wait for there is one that is coming to clothe them with power to witness to the world that those words were not just for that particular time but those words are for us today as much. And Jesus says these words in Luke 24. He says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet, it is I myself. Touch me and see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. 
and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The beginning of this passage, we have a description of what the disciples were like and probably what we are like sometimes when it comes to the mention of the spirit moving or the spirit clothing people with power. It tells us that they were startled and frightened in verse 37 and troubled and doubting. It says their initial response to the death of Jesus Christ was total devastation. Uh, They went into hiding. They went to hide away because uh, everybody, nobody could believe that Jesus would actually rise from the dead. So the disciples, after Jesus had been to the grass, he said he, they had gone into hiding and suddenly Jesus turns up in this story. And so it wasn't just the resurrection that they couldn't believe in. They couldn't believe that Jesus was actually standing there in front of them uh, that day. But this was all part of the plan and the promise of God. That actually these people were going to be the first witnesses to what Jesus had said and Jesus had done. And there was a plan to go and share this with the whole world. You see, they were hiding behind closed doors or silently grieving in the safety of their own quarter. You see, at the end of the text, we see that their fear has turned to boldness, their confusion to conviction, their troubled spirits to joy, because they remember not only some of the stuff Jesus has said to them while they were around with Jesus, but also as he spends time explaining the fulfillment of the law and the understanding of the scriptures. And Jesus just simply tells them this, says, wait until the promise of the Father comes, the one that is going to come and clothe you with power. See, Jesus tells them three things. The first thing was to wait, but they weren't just to wait. And when it comes to being clothed with power, the waiting is important because it's waiting in the Bible, as we've explained before, is never something that we just sit there, wait, and do nothing. They were waiting for the expectation. They were waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit to come who was going to fill them but clothe them with power to be witnesses uh, for Jesus in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the whole world. But Jesus took some time because we have to remember there were there were 50 days between uh, the Easter and the Jesus, uh, sorry, the day of Pentecost. And so Jesus spent that time explaining to them the fulfillment of the law, which was so important because I've said before that Jesus Christ is the fulfiller and the fulfillment of all God's promises, but also as well the understanding of Scripture, how this all fitted together. This was not Jesus turning up in the middle of something that just had caught everybody off guard. Jesus was coming because this was the fulfillment of the plan that God had. And this was part of the plan that the disciples were going to be filled, were clothed with power to go and tell the world about Jesus Christ. Verse 49 tells us what the purpose of this story is and what the purpose of Jesus here in this story is. It says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, 
but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. You see, it's simply a promise that needs to be fulfilled. And you see, God, when God makes a promise, he never fails to fulfill it. And we see it clearly here in this story. Often at times we would read the story in the beginning of Acts 1 verse 8 where we see there the, what the promise is made there. But this is the end of the book of Luke. And it's the same author. And it's important for him to put this into the story. Because the reasons are he wants them to understand that the journey that the disciples are on and what they needed to do. And one, they needed to understand how the law was fulfilled with Jesus coming. They needed to have the understanding of scripture of what has happened already and how Jesus fulfills that. But now they have to wait. But in their waiting, we find them doing what they, they need to be doing, the challenges to what we should be doing, which is simply praying. And there is no substitute for prayer. You know, often at times we can replace it and think, whatever program we have, whatever new idea we have, it says, in my experience, there is no substitute for prayer. There's no substitute for coming and getting into the presence of God and just finding out what God wants you to do, spending time with our Father. You see, God's purpose in all of this is to do this. He wants to give a special power, an extraordinary power for the extraordinary challenge of witnessing to the world about Christ. He is sending them as witnesses, but promises the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to carry out the task. There's always something wonderful in when God calls a person to do something, that he provides everything that they need, but he also gives them all the equipment for the task. Uh, we saw that even in the day-to-day -day living of putting on the armor of God. Well, it's true here in the, being the witness to the world and to sharing to the world what we have to say. That actually God gives a plan, he has a plan, he's ready for his disciples, those who've been with Jesus for that time. But he's actually saying to them, this is what you have to do, but this is all you need to fulfill the task. And often that's what holds us back as believers. It holds us back sometimes because we think we know what we have to do but we're unsure that, or doubt whether God will give us all of the power to enable us to do the task that he's called us to do. Because the world still needs reach today as much as it did when Jesus stood this day and said to the disciples, you're going out to Jerusalem and to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And in a sense, we are a continuation of that here at Living Hope Belfast. But we look at what he gives us to do and he also, the, we also look at what the, the, he gives us the provision, the equipment and the ability to do it. Because there is this extraordinary power available to believers. A power that can accomplish far more than we ordinarily think or imagine. It comes by the Spirit. It accords with the riches of God's glory. It is the very fullness of God as unimaginable as that sounds. Had I told you this morning that out in the car park, the church had been extremely generous to me, decided that I had done such a good job that they have bought me a Ferrari. There is only room for two of us in it. So I have to decide who I'm going to take. <laughs> have to decide who I'm going to take. And this Ferrari is lovely. It's my favourite colours. You might not like it. It's claret and blue. And anyway, it's a beautiful... It costs a fortune. 
It has bankrupted the church. There's no money for anything except for the appreciation night. There's no money for anything. It says it, it is the most beware. People will be jealous of me as I drive out of here. And you see, it looks beautiful. I will show it to you afterwards. It's just in the first space out there. Go out and have a look at it. And it says, I'm actually going to paint a P for pastor's parking space, okay? <laughs> you see, but imagine me getting into this beautiful car that cost a few hundred thousand pounds. It's shiny. It's clean. Nobody is ever allowed to eat in it. It says it's absolutely beautiful. I go start the car up. And it doesn't work. The ignition goes, why? Because whoever gave me the car, well, blame Stephen Francie, whoever left the car there, says, forgot to put any fuel in it. And I often wonder if that is the problem sometimes with us as believers. When it comes to being looked at, being clothed at, we look right, we speak right, we act right. But often we're lacking the power or the fuel to do what God has called us to do. And I wonder if we're confused sometimes because I, I wrote this out. Because when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there are often three things that the Spirit does. And the first one is this. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, that's really what he does in our lives. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of that stuff that's in our lives. Uh, and so when we speak about the fruit of the spirit it's that of the spirit that is demonstrated that is evidence in our lives when we speak about the gifts of the spirit well that's really for the church when when the, the spirit moves that's really the gifts for the church the gift of knowledge the gift of wisdom the gift of healing the gift of faith and we're sort of always probably okay with those two that's probably sort of the things we will look at and say well we want the evidence of that in our lives and also the evidence of that in our church but what we often struggle with is this is the power of the spirit is for our world the power of the spirit is what is given for us to have the boldness and the courage to share with people to witness with people in our neighborhoods in our families with our friends we often look at it and say, sometimes some people are called to be evangelists. They're the people who are called to tell people the good news. Listen, we're, excuse me, we're all called to, to, to share the good news. We're all called to be evangelists. We're all called. When Jesus stands with the disciples, the end of Matthew 28, and says to them, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. He's speaking to everybody. It's a continuation for all of us so we can handle probably the first two with that understanding but there are three roles the spirit plays in our life the fruit of the spirit the gifts of the spirit and the power of the spirit see the word Jesus uses here clothed it simply describes the outpouring of the spirit onto our lives it gives us a covering in a sense as we go out and we share and we witness as to what Christ has done the interesting thing is this, it's really an external thing. It's something that is on show. When you're clothed with something, it's on display, isn't it? Everybody looks around this morning and everybody is wearing something. Thank God. <laughs> everybody is wearing something. And often you might look and think at some people and say, that suits them or that doesn't suit them or that collar suits them or what is he wearing you know you might look at those things but clothing displays something doesn't it 
Uh, and here it's the same when Jesus uses this word because it's an external thing. Everything else the Spirit does is, in our, is within us uh, because it's internal. You know, something that, that happens on the inside. It, it, you know, being born again is something that happens on the inside. Abiding with God and Jesus Christ is what happens on the inside of us. Being filled is what happens on the inside of us. But this action, this prayer, this command that he gives to the disciples, it's an external thing. It's saying, you know, you, you'll be clothed with power. He says, that's what you're clothed with. You're clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit for one reason, to be witnesses, to go and tell people about Jesus. Jesus tells them what they're to preach, that you can preach about the forgiveness of sins. What is the message that people need to hear more than anything in the world today? It's the need for the forgiveness of sins. It's a need for them to repent, to know that they can be forgiven for the sins that they've committed. We can dress it up another way with the church and say, oh, well, mate, it's all about people finding their purpose. Yes, it is, but not before they find the forgiveness. It's all about people finding their destiny. Yes, maybe it is, but not before they find the forgiveness through the repentance of sins. Whatever we have, We've got to come to that first point that Jesus says here. This is a message. This is what you have to say. This is what you're being clothed in power for. You see, clothing with power is visible. It's for all to see. Jesus is equipping them to do what he has called to do. We see the evidence in Acts 1 verse, in, in, in the start of Acts, at the beginning of the first church when the spirit comes upon them and they begin to speak in tongues and all the people around them say whoa what's going on here well the first thing they say is this they must be drunk they must be drunk and somebody says they can't be drunk it's only nine o'clock in the morning obviously the acts of the apostles was not written in belfast you know so <laughs> it's nine o'clock in the morning and so he says, there must be another reason. There must be something else. So they put it down to this. It has to be a move of the Spirit. It has to be something else. But what Peter does there, he doesn't leave it. He remembers the words that Jesus gives them in the passage we've just read. That the Spirit has come upon them. It's filled them. It's given them the boldness, the courage, the power. What does he do? Does he go home with the rest of the boys and say, well, that great. That was fantastic. The tingling I got when the Spirit came upon me was amazing. Did he do that? No. What did he do? He preached the gospel. And he says 3,000 men alone got saved. So we look at it and say, well, that's the purpose for why Christ said they'll be clothed with power. Because Peter had understood through the fulfillment of the law, the understanding of Scripture, the outpouring of the Spirit, that once the Spirit had filled him, it was for him to tell the people the message, to witness what Christ has said. What's the first thing he said to the people? He said this. He says, repent. He says, and your sins will be forgiven. <gasps> oh my, that's not a very loving message to tell people who are standing there. The Holy Spirit's come upon, and the, the, it's in the air, the atmosphere is there, and people, oh, it's lovely. And Duke Peter stands up and sort of ruins it and says, repent. And be forgiven of your sins and then get baptized. And it's like, oh, well, hold on, that's not very gentle. It's not supposed to be gentle, it's supposed to be the truth. And Jesus uh, has left Peter with that. 
to say to the people through the boldness and the courage and the witness of the Holy Spirit. He says, listen you people, this is the message of Jesus Christ that he's told us to preach, to be a witness to, that we repent and we find the forgiveness of sins. And so the first church was born that day. And I wonder if the first church was born that day and it moved on and Acts 2 tells us they spent their time together praying, breaking of bread, listening to the teaching uh, of the apostles, sharing everything they had together. I wonder if they appeared to the church as it is today, would they recognize it as that which Jesus started? Not that everything we do is bad, but maybe we've substituted what they had for other things. Maybe we've turned around and says, maybe this seeking of the spirit, maybe this waiting for the promise, maybe this time spent in prayer, maybe this understanding of scripture, maybe all this is a little bit too difficult, a little bit too challenging. So we'll do some other stuff instead. But if that first church came back and looked at what we did as a church, I wonder how we would measure up. Oh, I wonder how we would measure up. You know, the, the danger sometimes when things are going well is that you can miss the things of God because things are going well. And what you'll do, and leaders are guilty of this, will say, we just want to keep everything going, just nice and smooth, just don't upset anything and stuff, things are going good. And we miss what God is doing. When things are going bad, you'll do anything. You'll do anything when things are going bad. He says, whatever somebody offers them, he says, would you try this? But when things are going well, there's a danger then to keep doing what you're doing in a sense and missing what God has for you. You see, we are equipped because we are inadequate to do what God has called us to do without the Holy Spirit. It's important to do this, to see the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, give us a new beginning tonight, to free us from sin's power, to transform us, uh, he intercedes for us, he produces fruit in us. But we know that's his role. But this is not what we're talking about here. This is the role of being clothed with power to witness to a world the wonderful message of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus says, you are my witnesses to all these things. He explains it all, gives them what to preach. You know, to be a witness means to share with others what you have seen and experienced yourself. You see, but they had to have this understanding of the word. You know often what we're put off by, and I probably have to confess this sometimes. I've had conversations with my wife and that, and it's true, because I get put off when we talk about a move of the spirit because it's just got so weird sometimes. And maybe I'm guilty sometimes of looking at it and saying, I've thrown everything out and said, you know, there's nothing of the, you know, maybe I have to repent now and turn around and say, God, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't want to throw the good stuff out that God is doing because there's a few weirdos in the church, not this church, but there's a, <laughs> the one down the road. <laughs> Because there's a few weirdos that suddenly think, they read something and think, this is what it means to have a move of the Spirit. And suddenly it has nothing to do. And this is why I think Jesus does this, because this is vitally, vitally important for us as believers. That before the Spirit comes, he sits down with them and gives them an understanding of Scripture. Because everything that the Spirit does 
always conforms to scripture, always. So when people say to me, oh, this happened, and, and pastor, how do you know that this is God? I said, listen, read the word. But what does it say in the word? At John 14, when Jesus is there before he goes to the cross, he says, I'm sending one after who will remind you of the teaching of the things that I have said. So I often use that verse to say to people, listen, that's good teaching there. Has to be good teaching, Jesus said it. And he simply says, he says, that remind you. And so I wonder sometimes if we get that other stuff because the people who are practicing and saying, oh, this is a move of God, they're not spending any time in the word. And so the understanding of scripture and the foundation of the word is essential for the move of the spirit. It has to be. It can't come another way. It has to be because the disciples, and what was key to the disciples was this. When Jesus tells them to wait, they spend their time in prayer. God never does anything by a move of his spirit that hasn't been preceded by prayer. When we talk about revival, revival won't come because we desire it. Revival won't come because we think revival comes because people get serious about praying and interceding for the nation. I remember a great preacher hearing this illustration because people would say, oh, we want revival and this is why we haven't got revival. And he says, you know, if you want revival, this is what you need to do. He says, you need to take a piece of chalk, you need to draw a small circle on the floor and you need to step inside the circle and say, God, start the revival within this circle. And I thought, isn't that true? He says, not what everybody else is doing, but what we are doing. Here, Jesus takes a small band of people that are praying in the upper room. The Holy Spirit descends and gives them the power to be the witnesses for Jesus Christ, to reach a world that needs to hear. And we could do that as well. Maybe we've got to look and say, let's not substitute other things here. Maybe we've got to say, let's not do these things. And we've tried, let, let's say we've tried creating an atmosphere and, and we've tried doing the other things and stuff. But maybe it's about seeking the face of God in the presence of God. Maybe that's what we need more than anything. Maybe that's what the world needs more than anything. You see, Acts 2 verse 4, it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This power, this unusual fullness came upon the church and his messengers again and again in the early church. We, we read the Bible sometimes and think, must have been easier for them. See, in Acts, it must have been easier for them. The Holy Spirit was there and they were all together. They said these people were under the threat of death and persecution. The church ended up moving out of Jerusalem. If you ever read the end of Acts 7 and Acts 8, the beginning of Acts 8? It says the church spread out everywhere because of persecution and Stephen being the first martyr of the church that he was martyred for what he believed which is Jesus, his faith in Jesus Christ. He was stoned to death for it. All the other Christians in Jerusalem got scared and says we're going to spread out and spread the gospel elsewhere. That's how the gospel was spread. wasn't any easier back then. It still is challenging then. Uh, it was as challenging then as it is now. But I wonder what the difference is. Well, I can see what the difference is. They were filled with power, clothed with the Holy Spirit to do the work that God had called them to do. Maybe when I looked at this, I thought, 
as I, and I've said this earlier, what would we think if they looked at the church today? Do we have everything but the power? I come talking to Stuart Elliott when he was here the other Wednesday and I said, you know, sometimes I wonder if all the electricity was cut on a Sunday, you know, we'd still be able to do church. You'd still hear me because I've got a big mouth. But I wonder if we could do everything else. There's no lights on, no projector on. We'd have to try and remember the words. But would we do that and then would the presence of God still be able to fill us? We'd still be able to move in the spirit. And because we've come so accustomed to having all the other stuff right that we miss why we are here. We miss what the purpose of being clothed with power is, which is to be witnesses in our world. Disciples devoted themselves here to prayer as they waited for the fulfillment of the promise. But it's important for us to see that all are to ask and all are to believe and all are to expect, which is a challenge and the prayer that we have as we come to close. As these disciples sit here, they're moved. They're moved from that disappointment and distress. They're moved from that doubting to being people who are filled with courage and boldness because they are equipped and clothed and filled with the Spirit. You see, God's purpose is this, is that we would be witnesses for his son, Jesus Christ. It would give us more conviction, more courage. It would give us more wisdom. But more simply, this would happen, that God would be greatly glorified in everything that we did. That the clothing that I wear, that's clothed in power, that's visible for all to see, it says actually there is a purpose in that is to reach a world but it's to give God glory as well that's what it means to be clothed with power let's take a moment to pray Father we come before you Father we know this is a challenging word Lord because Father when Jesus stood there when the son stood there in that room with the disciples they were full of fear they were discouraged and they were disbelieving and you turned up you explained the, the scriptures you explained the fulfillment of the law and you told them to wait and as they waited they prayed and father we know that the promise of your Holy Spirit came upon them it clothed them with power it filled them to do the work that you had called them to do father what is our prayer today as Living Hope Church well it's the same Whatever we're fearful of, wherever our unbelief lies, wherever we feel a bit discouraged, Father, we pray today, Lord, that you would come and send your spirit to clothe us with power, to be witnesses for you in the world that we live in, whether that be school or work or university, whether that be in different groups that we attend every week, that the responsibility of witnessing of telling people about Jesus Christ is ours but father you do not abandon us or leave us to do that the promise of your word is where we feel inadequate you enable us and you equip us and father that is our prayer today as a church would you equip us would you enable us would you give us everything we need to fulfill the calling that you'll put upon our lives and our church in Jesus name Amen Amen Church I'll invite you to stand we're going to sing a song to finish our service
Give us that desire. Would you begin that revival within our hearts, God? And Father, would your spirit move in our lives in a way that would simply make us hungry? God, we thank you that you do indeed move in our lives. We thank you that you are speaking in our church. And God, we just thank you for this season. We thank you that as we go ahead, God, we have the promise of your word, Lord. And we thank you that it is truth. Thank you that we are truth carriers because of the word that you've given us. So God, by your spirit, we ask, Lord, would you minister to us, minister to those we encounter. And God, would you move in our lives. It's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen.